the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And he's returning to the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, talking for the next several days about prayer, fasting, and giving. But if our real motive is to serve God and love others, then we're going to give without calling attention to our giving. And the result of this is that we're going to grow spiritually. God is going to be glorified and others are going to benefit from our generosity. And all of that just because of our attitude toward giving. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. I'm Mike Trout, and this is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. If you'd like to listen to this entire series on the Sermon on the Mount, you'll find all of the messages on that website. Again, highlands.us. We began earlier this year studying the Lord's Prayer, which is found in chapter 6. And we found a certain subject there that was referenced by Jesus, and that is the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and, and uh, in the doxology, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And, and Matthew's gospel presents Jesus as king. And some scholars have called this Sermon on the Mount the manifesto of the king, King Jesus. And so we want to know uh, from the Bible what this kingdom is all about. And that's why we're studying the Sermon on the Mount, because in it Jesus describes his kingdom. Now there are portions in, in the Sermon on the Mount, and the first portion is called the Beatitudes, which some have said it, that's because it's the attitudes that every Christian should be every day. And, and, and it's a, a manifesto on the values of the kingdom of God. And one of the first things we notice is that the values of God are completely upside down when you compare them with the values of this world. In this world you're more likely to hear, blessed are the rich, than Jesus' words, blessed are the poor in spirit. And so Jesus says that if we live according to God's values, we're going to live a life that's blessed. Every one of the Beatitudes begins with the word blessed. And so we want to live a life that's blessed. And if we do live according to the standards that Jesus has given us, then we're going to stand out. We're going to be that peculiar people that the Bible talks about. That's going to result inevitably in persecution. And when persecution comes, we're going to have a tendency to want to run and hide. That's our nature. But Jesus says instead of hiding we need to let our light shine. We need to be the salt and light that we've been called to be. And then Jesus goes on immediately to talk about, I have not come to abolish the law. And one of the reasons he has to address this early on is because his critics uh, claim that Jesus defied the law, the law of Moses. He did things like heal people on the Sabbath day. He didn't observe the traditions of the Pharisees. He associated with publicans and sinners. He didn't even observe the hand washings, and he was ultimately condemned as a lawbreaker. But here Jesus has a, uh, he speaks of God's law with a reverence that excels any Pharisee. And that's because he's not speaking of God's law as it was taught by the Pharisees, he was taught it as it was intended by God. And Jesus describes the true intention of God's law with such high degrees of standards that none of us can measure up by our own merit or by our own effort. He sets standards in matters of 
anger and lust, divorce, vows, revenge, and loving our enemies that are beyond our capacity. And to make sure we don't miss that point, he actually summarizes what he has taught in the last verse of the chapter by saying, you're to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And none of us are perfect. None of us can keep God's law perfectly. None of us can attain sanctification by God's law. Keeping God's law cannot save any of us because we cannot keep God's law. The Apostle Paul wrote, for what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. So in chapter 5 Jesus is talking about the righteousness that His people must possess. And He talks about it as being a righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And when He says that He's not talking about more of the same kind of righteousness. He's talking about an entirely different kind of righteousness. A righteousness that comes by faith uh, in, in Christ Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And so in chapter 5 he talks about the righteousness we need to possess and then in chapter 6 he talks about the righteousness we are to practice. And motive is the key thing here because the Pharisees they practiced giving but they did so for other reasons. They did so in order to gain favor with God and to gain favor with men. And, they, and, and in both cases they were wrong. There's no way that any kind of giving, any amount of giving is going to produce salvation because salvation is a gift from God. And to live for the praise of men, for the praise of men is foolish because the praise doesn't last. So what they did was not what what they did was not wrong, but why they did it was. Their motive was wrong. And and if our motive is wrong, if we uh, give for the praise of men like the Pharisees, and we're going to call attention to what we're doing. But if our real motive is to serve God and love others, then we're going to give without calling attention to our giving. And the result of this is that we're going to grow spiritually, God is going to be glorified, and others are going to benefit from our generosity. But when we give with the wrong motives, then we rob ourselves of the blessing, we rob God of the glory, even though the other person still might get the benefit of our generosity. So to God it matters why we do what we do. It, to God it matters why we do what we do. Now in verses 1 through 18 of chapter 6 Jesus uh, discusses the topics of giving and prayer and fasting and these form a unit but we can't cover all of them today. So we're going to break this portion into two parts. But I, I want to I start with an overview because you're going to find this these patterns that reoccur in all of these verses. Jesus follows the same outline. He talks about, he gives us a warning not to seek the praise of men. He gives us the assurance that those who do, that's going to be the entirety of the reward. That's going to be all you get. And then number three, he commands us to do what we do privately, meaning without ostentation. And then he promises that God who sees in secret will reward. And so as I read through these verses, uh, I'd like you to follow along in your Bibles and I want you to note these recurrent characteristics, these recurrent patterns. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. 
For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpets before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The Father will reward you. There are many Christians who have an unbiblical paradigm on rewards. And that's because the way it's introduced often sounds, it sounds right. It sounds biblical, it sounds righteous, but in fact it is not. There are some Christians who believe that the reward motive has no place in the Christian life. That we're simply supposed to be good for goodness sake. But that is not the point of view that Jesus held. Three times in Just this passage, he speaks about reward. The right kind of giving, the right kind of praying, the right kind of fasting will all have their reward. And rewards are not, his discussion of rewards is not limited to this passage. In the previous chapter, chapter 5, he talked about the reward those who are persecuted are going to receive, which is great. In heaven, in chapter 10, he talks about the reward that's going to be given to those who give water, a cup of water as his disciples. In later he talks about the, the parable of the talents where the faithful servant is going to receive a reward. And the parable of the last judgment is very clear that there are going to be rewards and punishments. And so Jesus didn't hesitate to talk about reward and punishment. And it's really important that we don't try to be more spiritual than Jesus. Now people who are focused on this world assume that being good in this world will result in rewards in this world. 
And some variations of this teaching are called the prosperity gospel. And people who buy into the prosperity gospel are confused when bad things happen to good people and when good things happen to bad people. Job was a good man, but bad things happened to him. And one of the reasons that we are given the book of Job in the Bible is to contradict this idea that goodness and material prosperity go hand in hand. The fact of the matter is we live in a fallen world and things are not always just and fair. But God's going to take and fix all of that. Thank you, Lord. Now the repair isn't the same for everyone. Our circumstances differ, of course. And we'll learn more about this fundamental understanding on the next broadcast. I sure hope you can join us. I'm Mike Trout. The uh, teaching is coming from Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, on the web at highlands.us. Details about the church are available there. And of course, if you're looking for a church where you can serve and worship, you'll find all of the information at highlands.us. Directions to the campus and, of course, additional contact information for any questions you might have. Be back tomorrow, if you can, at this same time when we'll open the Word of God once more and study with Pastor Leighton Sheely verse by verse.